0: Podcast fam, welcome, welcome to today's episode. I wanted to, before we get started, let you know that I have a very cool 10 tips to increase your energy naturally. So listen, if you are drinking monsters or 19 cups of coffee a day, this is for you, okay? Go to amandachills.com slash energy, and it is totally free. So y'all are welcome. We about to be a bunch of Energizer bunnies up in here. Okay, let's get to the episode. Glad you're here. I hope everyone is settling into the new year and really digging into what you are wanting out of this year and hopefully giving yourself some grace and compassion along the way because I need it, you need it, everybody up in here needs it. We are gonna talk today about toxic positivity and how it's probably ruining your life a little bit. Now, for those who have never heard the term, you might be saying, Amanda, what? Positivity is toxic? Like, that sounds fake. Aren't we supposed to be happy all the time and always look on the bright side and find the silver lining? To which I say, Nay, friend, you're not supposed to be happy all the time. You're not supposed to always look on the bright side. Some things don't have a silver lining. Some things don't have a bright side. Some things are meant to be felt deeply and painfully. And that's just how it is sometimes. Welcome to the human condition. It's very common, I think, for people to want to be happy all the time and positive and to really see that as a goal. And it's not real. It's just not. No one is happy all the time. Even someone like me, who in general is a pretty happy person. Um, I also practice some specific things that we're going to talk about a little later so that I don't go too far one way or the other. But even people that are generally happy aren't happy 24 seven. And a trend that I see with a lot of people is wanting to be happy all the time. And so they'll do whatever it takes in order to never feel an unpleasant emotion, which I'm sure you know people like this. A lot of people with addiction to substances cannot stand to feel anything other than a euphoric high. Um, Anyone who just invalidates their feelings probably doesn't really know how to sit with their emotions. So before we dig into all that, why don't we start with what the heck is toxic positivity? Now, this is not your normal positivity where you say, uh, let's say someone passes away after a very long illness and you say, well, you know, they're in a much better place. Like they're, they're no longer suffering. I'm sad that they're gone, but they're no longer suffering. So normal, not normal, healthy positivity allows space for the unpleasant and the positive. Yes, this thing is sad. It's distressing. It was hard. And there is a silver lining. Again, not everything has a silver lining. So toxic positivity, one definition is the belief that no matter how awful or difficult a situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset. So for example, let's say your house burned down and you're distressed because your freaking house burned down and someone says, well, at least you got out. And it's like, uh, yeah, that's true, um, but all my stuff is gone, and I have to start over, uh, and my house burned down. So it's really, really invalidating. And there's a million examples. Um, If you break your leg in a car accident, and they say, well, at least you have your life. And it's like, yeah, no shit, but like my leg is broken, and that part sucks. (laughs) So it really invalidates anything that is Wrong, And that is just not where we want to be. We want to allow people to be sad and frustrated and angry and hurt and in pain and whatever emotion is coming up for them. And just let that be. Because it's okay. It's okay to feel every emotion. You're supposed to feel all of your emotions, even the unpleasant ones. And where people get into trouble is they only allow positive vibes only, no low vibes here, like, get out of my face with that nonsense, it's not real, so some examples of toxic positivity, besides the one we just mentioned, someone who says, well, look on the bright side, blah, 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 blah. like, that's, mm-mm, no, thank you, we don't want that. Um, Well, at least X didn't happen. Well, you lost your job, but at least your head didn't spontaneously combust on the way home. It's like, yeah, okay, but can we acknowledge that I lost my job and it's stressful as hell? Uh, Someone that tells you everything happens for a reason. This is a really common one when people pass away. Um, or you break up or your partner cheats on you or your dog dies or, well, everything happens for a reason. And it's like, maybe the reason is that life sucks and I'm pissed about it. (laughs) Like it just totally doesn't give you any space. Like it immediately shuts people down because they're like, okay, well, didn't realize that you were God. So, you know, this reason that this is happening, This is it's still horrible. It doesn't allow people space. Or someone that tells you happiness is a choice. Well, happiness is a choice, so you should just look on the bright side. No, Karen, it's not a choice. Caveat, people, because happiness is a muscle and positivity is a muscle that you can make stronger. But that doesn't mean that you ever get to the point where you're only ever happy or positive. Like if you run, and I say this a lot, so listen, if you run from one emotion, you run from all of them. You cannot avoid one emotion, sadness, anger, pain, grief, whatever, without also cutting yourself off from every emotion. They always go together. And the ironic thing is that you end up with more of the emotions that you're probably trying to avoid. If you cut yourself off from grief and loss and sadness and pain and all of those things, because they always go together, you also cut yourself off from joy and happiness and appreciation and gratitude. They always go hand in hand. If you allow one, you allow all of them, which means you'll naturally flow through different emotional states. But if you're avoiding them, you're going to stay in a really um, struggle emotional state. Now, why do people do toxic positivity? Probably lots of reasons, probably not just to be a jerk, but... Um, I hope, but I think more often people don't know how to sit with people who are experiencing a really strong emotion, which is very, very common, right? Like I do this for a living, so I have a lot of training in sitting with people's emotions, but a lot of people are very uncomfortable around strong emotions. To be fair, they've just never learned. So hold on to your hats, because I'm going to teach you. You're welcome in advance. Also, everyone in your life is welcome because it's going to help. So a lot of people don't know how to sit with unpleasant emotions. Uh, We know how to celebrate joy, right? We don't really know how to sit with someone when they're struggling. And so to make themselves feel better, they minimize other people's pain. To make themselves more comfortable, they shut the other person down. Again, often this isn't really intentional, it's just a way for them to not be uncomfortable anymore. Now, some of the problems with toxic positivity is that it keeps people trapped in the idea that happiness and positivity are the only good emotions, which means all the other ones have to be avoided at all costs. And this is when you really see people get into trouble with substances, with distraction, with just avoiding their life. Um, It doesn't acknowledge reality. Like we live, yep, we're alive. And so because we're alive, we experience a range of emotions, just like we experience a range of temperatures throughout the year or... Um, a, a range of foods throughout our lifetime, unless you're one of those people that like only eats chicken fingers. Um, side note, one of my friends, literally, I'm pretty sure she only eats like chicken fingers. Uh, but that's here and we're there. So because the human condition exists on a spectrum like everything else, in reality, you're going to feel sad sometimes. You're going to feel angry. You're going to feel hurt. You're going to feel joy. You're going to feel... Gratitude, you're gonna feel afraid. Um, the whole gamut, right? You're gonna feel disrespected. You're gonna feel respected. You're gonna feel appreciated and unappreciated. See how these always have a mirror? So it it doesn't acknowledge the literal reality that uh, you're gonna have problems in your life sometimes, and those come with kind of hard emotions. The other thing is it invalidates your feelings. Um, It tells you that what you're feeling isn't real. It shouldn't matter. And along with that comes guilt and shame. Because you think you're not supposed to feel this way. It should be easier. Other people go through it. They have an easier time. Why aren't I? All of those things make you feel like shit. That's super, super invalidating. And by invalidating, I mean it just tells you that what you're doing is wrong. Right? So if you say, "Oh my gosh, like my fish died, and I'm so sad, like I'm so broken up and someone goes, "Well, it was just a fish." That person is no longer safe. They're just not because are you gonna tell them the next time something bad happens? Probably not, because they're gonna go so they're gonna go, "Well, so it was just a blah, blah blah. And it's like, okay, but it was important to me. So we don't wanna invalidate people's emotions. We don't wanna cause shame and guilt. Um, The one with the bigger consequence that by the time people get to me, they're dealing with, and I'll explain the way that I explain it to them in a second, is that it shoves that emotion down. Um, So emotions are meant to be felt. That's a term called embodying, meaning you feel your emotions. When we don't allow them to come up, when we shove them down, when we invalidate them, when we are only allowed to be positive, they can't heal and they can't fully express. So if you think of emotions like a wave, they always crest and they always come down. You've, I'm sure, seen a child, children do this instinctively, right? Children will throw a tantrum and then they'll re-regulate. Um, you'll, If you've ever spent any time around children, you definitely know what I'm saying. You'll watch them build and build and build, and they'll have this tantrum, they'll have this peak moment, and then they'll come down and they'll often like go to sleep. Now, the sticky part is if you teach your children not to cry, if you tell them not to express their emotions. Obviously, I don't wanna get into a parenting lecture, I'm not trying to tell you how to parent. Um, there is a time and place but it starts in childhood. And I, I see it all the time. Um, I'll give you something to cry about. This isn't something to cry about. But like if they're crying, guess what? It's something to freaking cry about. <laughs> but the point of this is that children regulate emotions really well. That's all they know how to do. Adults are the ones who will invalidate their own emotions, often through toxic positivity. So what happens is you're... If you imagine your body as a well, you start shoving these emotions in it. Emotion after emotion after emotion after emotion for years, and so now you have this well that is just like stuffed full of emotions. And because you have such a big buildup of emotions, you have to avoid every single unpleasant emotion like it is your job, and it becomes your job. It becomes your life. It takes over your life because the second you allow one to come up, More are coming up. And so instead of dealing with one or maybe two or three at the most emotions at a time, you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with, plus this huge reservoir of emotions that now you have shoved down, but you literally only have so much room. Like your emotional capacity is only so big. So they're going to come up. And some of the ways that they come up is outbursts. especially if you tend to get extremely angry, right? There's always something underneath anger. So it can come out as outbursts. It can come out as depression, anxiety. It can make those things worse. Not that they cause depression or anxiety, although they can, but they can also really amplify symptoms. It looks like avoiding your life because you can't You can't stand to feel anything but happy. All of these things are really, really rooted to toxic positivity and the idea that people are supposed to be happy all the time. It's not true. So you're like, oh my God, Amanda, hail. This is something that I do. Let me give you some more signs. Some more signs of toxic positivity are brushing emotions off rather than facing them. That's what we were just talking about. Oh, I'll deal with this later. Oh, I can't deal with this right now. Um, I'm going to play video games instead. I'm going to go drink with my friends instead. I'm going to read a book instead, Uh, whatever. Feeling guilty about how you're feeling, that's invalidating. That's shaming yourself for feeling how you're feeling because you think you should feel a different way. I have a lot of people who say, well, I, I know I shouldn't feel this way, but, and I say, why shouldn't you? And they've never thought about the rhetoric around why they think they should feel a certain way. So I'm gonna say it to you now. The next time this happens and you say, I shouldn't feel this way, I want you to say, why shouldn't I, who taught me that? I think you'll find some really interesting answers to that question. It looks like hiding your true feelings, right? How many of you, when someone say, hey, you look like something's wrong, are you okay? You say, I'm fine, I'm fine no, no, I'm fine. I'm just fine. I'm fine. Fine, 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 fine. I'm on fire. Everything is fine. It's fine. It's just fine. How many of you guys do that? Probably a good number. Now this exists on a spectrum, right? Because not everyone you want to share your whole life story or what's going on to you. Um, but if you do that with everyone and you do it with yourself, that's a problem. Then we're shoving emotions down in that reservoir. You hide or disguise how you really feel. Similar, right? I'm fine. Oh no, everything is, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. You're not tired. You're sad. Be honest. Sorry for the yelling, but not sorry. It makes me mad. Minimizing other people's feelings because they make you uncomfortable. This is one of the reasons people minimize and they do toxic positivity because they don't know how to sit with people when they're emotional, when they're experiencing a really big emotion. Shaming other people when they don't have a positive attitude. So this is how we do it to other people. We say, well, at least X didn't happen. Oh, look at the bright side. No, stop doing this. Stop it. People trying to put on a brave face. This is one we see often. Another way that we think we should present a certain way, even when we're falling apart inside. Now, some of these are you, we're going to talk about how to deal with them. This one's kind of a quickie, right? We're at like 18 minutes, it'll probably be like a 30 minute episode, but like so much in it. So before we get into how to embody emotions, which means to feel them, I really want you to think like, who have I done that to? Have I done it to myself? What did it feel like when I did it? Why did I do it? great question all We get in deep today. Now, how do we embody our emotions? How do we allow ourselves to feel them? Well, at the risk of sounding like a smart ass, <laughs> you have to feel them. You feel them. You literally sit and you allow them to come up. Now, here's the thing where most people get stuck. Most people, because they have shoved down for so long, again, have this big well built up. So when one comes up, it's not just one coming up. Okay, you're going to have to go through whatever you've shoved down. It's not all going to come up at once, but it will come up in like pockets, if that makes sense. So let's say you have a 100 things shoved down, but you're like, I just want to feel some emotions. Not all 100 are going to come up, but maybe six do. That's pretty intense, right? So once you get to the place where I tend to practice, which is where I really allow myself to go through the different emotional states throughout the day, I'm only dealing with one or maybe two at a time. Six is intense. So let me tell you now, it will be intense. It will be more intense probably than you think. You will think that you cannot handle it. You can. You can handle it. And you can decide at any time to put your attention elsewhere. You don't have to sit in this for 10 years and dig through everything at once, right? It's not going to take 10 years, by the way. But I challenge you to sit past when you're uncomfortable, but not past when um, there's a spectrum, right? Your discomfort is where you want to sit If you really feel like too, too, too overwhelmed, stop. You can always come back to it. But you still, because you sat past your discomfort, are releasing things. And this skill compounds. So we wanna sit and we want to feel them. So you can sit outside and watch birds. Do something where it's like a really, really low level of focus, like video games are too much. Scrolling Instagram is too much. Watching TV is too much focus. Something way, way lower. I find that nature helps. Our brains are wired to be in nature anyway. So perhaps we sit in nature by a window, close enough, if you can't go outside. um, And we allow them to come up past when we are uncomfortable, not to the point where we feel like we're in a crisis. And you give yourself permission to really feel them. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to scream, scream. Don't scare the people you live with. Maybe let them know or scream into a pillow, or something. Journaling can really help. Wreck the hell out of a journal. Write about what you're feeling. While we're feeling these things, I encourage you. You don't have have to do anything that I'm suggesting, but you've listened this far, so I assume you're going to try something. Get curious about why that's coming up for you and where it's coming from. And it literally looks like asking yourself, why am I feeling this? Where is it coming from? Then we really start to get to know ourselves. Focus on listening and being supportive. Now, you can do this with yourself. You can do this with other people. Hey, that must be really hard. It's very different from, well, at least... um, at least this didn't happen, or everything happens for a reason. Listen, if my house burned down and somebody tells me everything happens for a reason, like I'm chucking them in that burned house. I don't even care. Like I'm just gonna yeet them into the burned house and like, no, do not say this to people. Some things you can say instead. That sounds really hard. How are you doing? And if they say fine, ask them, are you really fine? I bet they'll tell you the truth. How can I support you? That's a great question, not how can I help you? How can I support you? The way that you're feeling makes a lot of sense given the circumstances. I can see why you're feeling that way. Not I understand how you feel because you may not, but I can see why you're feeling that way. What do you need from me? Or just a simple wow that sounds really hard. Most of the time, that's all people need. You can also say these things to yourself when you're feeling that, wow, that, would, that was so hard. I really needed them to do XYZ and they didn't for me. I was really sad that I lost XYZ thing. When we start embodying slash feeling our emotions we allow ourselves to shift kind of moment to moment when we allow the full spectrum of emotions. And this is something I have found time and time and time and time again, we tend to stay in the, the way that my brain is um, phrasing it is lighter. And if you haven't done this process, you don't really understand what that means, Um, but I want you to keep it in your head. So when people are avoiding and running from emotions, it's so tense and it's so heavy because you're carrying so many things that you should have really let go a long time ago. I don't say that to shame you. I say that just as education. You didn't know, which is probably why you're listening to this episode, but you can learn. You can sit through these things. So it becomes really, really heavy because you're carrying such a heavy burden that you really weren't meant to carry. And so once we start releasing those emotions and we start allowing ourselves to feel the full spectrum, those things dissipate, like they go away. And so we become literally lighter because we're not carrying so much of a burden. And the really interesting thing that happens, that's one of my favorite things that happens. And I can always tell, when someone's on this timeline, because I've done it enough times now, is that they start just naturally feeling more positive. Human beings are so resilient. I mean, we can find meaning and joy in literally any circumstance. Um, if you have read L. Weissel, forgive me if I mispronounce his name, his book when he was... Now I'm going to say it and I can't think of the name. Let me look it up really quick. His The book that he wrote right after he was imprisoned at Auschwitz, I believe. Let me really get this right because I'm about to screw it up. The point of this is to say he found joy and meaning in that experience. And if you've talked to a Vietnam vet, or World War II vet, or someone who's been through combat, or a really awful situation. Oh, it was called Night. There we go. He was imprisoned at Auschwitz and Buchenwald. Buchenwald? Oh, someone tell me how to pronounce that, please. If you haven't read that book, it's fascinating. He really talks about his experience and how the people that survived were the ones that were realistic. And allowed themselves to be sad and to also find joy in the very small moments. Where was I going with that? Ah, (laughs) sorry, my brain got off track. It does that often. Um, Frick. Okay, so once people start working through that reservoir and that well, they tend to trend towards being more positive. One of the reasons for this is human beings just kind of naturally trend that way within a spectrum, right? Some people don't. Some people are outliers. And we also want to be very careful to take into accountability privileges that certain people have and oppression that certain people deal with. Obviously, if you are living in poverty, if you... Um, are black, transgender, person of color, a woman, like any of those intersectional identities that experience oppression, this is gonna be a little harder for you. So let's be very realistic about that. When you have more privilege, it is easier. That's just a fact. At me all you want, but that is a fact. When you experience oppression, obviously this is harder. That doesn't negate the practice but I do want to acknowledge it. So hopefully by this time you have learned so many things and you're like, wow, Amanda, I'm really going to start like feeling my emotions. Here's my guidance for you. You don't have to take it, right? You don't have to do anything that I suggest. You ain't got to do nothing, but I have done this with a lot of people. So what I encourage you to do is set a timer so that you don't get lost, right? We don't wanna to go too deep in the rabbit hole if you're not very good yet, simply because you haven't had practice at doing this. Set a timer, five minutes, 10 minutes, somewhere within that time frame. And just see what comes up for you. Keep a journal if you like. Um, I encourage you that if you feel like crying, you allow yourself to cry and you don't apologize for it. Apologizing for crying is invalidating. You do not have to apologize for feeling or for crying. And that's really the practice. (laughs) At the end of five or 10 minutes, calm yourself down as best you can. If you don't know what calms you down, here are some suggestions. Drink some water, stretch. Um, I like to put a pillow in the middle of my back, kind of like where a bra band would hit, but um, well, right behind your nipples really, (laughs) is really where it sits and open up your chest. A lot of the times when we're sad and we're feeling those unpleasant emotions, we cave in. And so you want to open up your chest to just release some tension. Um, Talk to a friend, do something that you enjoy doing. And the more that you practice that, the more we're going to get through that reservoir and the lighter you're going to feel over time. And then we're only dealing with things that come that day versus like, however long we've shoved these things down. So we wanna remember that we wanna be supportive, not invalidating. So instead of saying, well, at least X didn't happen or look on the bright side, we say, wow, that must be hard. How can I support you? That sounded funny. How can I support you? So those are kind of the key takeaways today. If you have questions, please, please, Email me or um, send me a message on Instagram, Amanda underscore chills. What does this look like for you? What has it looked like when someone has done toxic positivity to you? Like, I really want to know. Did you even like this episode? Should I do more things like this? Right? So any of those three questions, what did it look like when someone did it to you? Was this helpful? And whatever the other one was that now I just forgot. See, we do the best we can, folks. So practice. It gets better and easier over time. Um, and good luck, friends. So have a beautiful day. Y'all, if you hung in for that whole episode, I am so proud of you. Because when you start practicing, You are going to get so much better and it is really going to change your perspective and your life. So let me know how it goes. I put these things out into the void and I'm never really sure if they're useful. So if you liked this episode, send me a message so I know to do more like it. All right, y'all be good. And if you can't be good, have a damn good time.